Welcome to Life Outside of Sport, where we'll be diving in and exploring what happens once the game is over. My name's Lewis Harrington, PGA golf professional, and I'll be joined each week by Dean Hammond, former Premier League footballer and co-founder and creator, Liam DC. Liam, how are you? Great, thank you, mate. Uh, looking forward to this. This is our first uh, current player, well, in between clubs, as things stand. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing what Mark's going to say. Absolutely. And we worked out, I think, Dean, someone you have played uh, against a few times as well. Looking forward to it? I am, yeah. Played against Mark a, a few times. He's, uh, he's twisted up and embarrassed me a few times. So uh, no, I'll thank him for that. But no, another good guest, like Liam mentioned there, you know, a player that's played at every level, worked his way up to the top, got a really, really interesting uh, career. And looking forward to hear, hearing what stage he's at now. You know, in between, is he going to finish his career or is he going to continue? Uh, what's the next stage for him? What's the next step? Um, should be a really interesting interview. Superb. So as always, without further ado, here's Mark. Why football? Where did why football? Why sport? Where did that um, originate from? How did you uh, how did you you go down that path? Yeah, I got my first pair of football boots when I was four years old. Um, my dad, he was really passionate about football. He loved it. He um, he wanted to be a footballer when he was younger as well, but through injury, he had to retire. Um, he just got trials with Blackpool um, and he had a bad hip and had to have hip replacement. So, yeah, he, he never really um, got his career going. So, he just wanted me to be a footballer ever since I was young. Um, he never pushed anything on me. Um, I played Sunday League football up until the age of 13, 14. Just loved it. Enjoyed playing football, having a kick around with my mates, um, getting them Sunday league pitches you just got absolutely filthy from head to toe it was amazing um and I think that's the biggest thing today I mean a lot of kids get pushed into academies uh, really early um and there's a lot of pressures that come with it and by the time you get to a certain age um you kind of you don't want them to lose the enjoyment of it I think there's a lot that goes into football now especially in the last maybe five, six years, now the game's developing. There's not a lot of analyst side of the thing, of the game. And um, there's a lot more to it than just going out and kicking a game of football, a lot of sacrifice. But going back to the question, um, just I've, I've, I've been so passionate about it and I've just wanted to be playing in the Premier League from a very young age. So, yeah, I, I just absolutely so thrilled that I could achieve all my goals and dreams. And obviously... Um, you just can't stop. You've got to keep going. Did you did you have that? Um, you mentioned there, and and, and um, excuse me, mate. <clears throat> me and Dean have had this this conversation um, a, f- a fair few times. Did you have that? So you had the goal to be in the Premier League at them sort of when you're playing Sunday League. Was that was that the sort of idea in in the mind at that point, or was there a point where it changed and it's like, hang on a minute, this can this this has potential to be sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I always, um, I always had a really strong mindset from a young age, and I think mindset's massive. I mean, I got, um, I got rejected a few times when I was young. I got told I wasn't good enough at eighteen. I was at Burnley for two seasons. I did my YTS there, um, and in my final season, I scored twenty-seven goals in seventeen games in the reserve and youth team. And I thought I'd done, you know, really, really well. Um, I got told I wasn't good enough, but it's um, it's one of them things you just really need to, you know, be mentally strong and just enjoy the process. I think it's really it's really key that you sort of um, you you sort of just grab the bull by the horns and do everything you can to to be successful. And um, yeah, I, from a young age, I just believed I was going to be a Premier League footballer, even with a rejection. Um, you've just got to crack on and. Uh, be the best you can be. It, it, that's, I said, Dean, we've had that conversation. You was, the, you was the same, really, wasn't you? Was the belief still there for you at that younger age? Was the belief in there that, I mean, we'll come on to the rejections in a minute. Obviously, that's a, a huge part of it, Mark, as you say. Um, I think in, in life in general, isn't it? You know, rejections and setbacks and what have you. Um, but the fact of you could, can spin that and then overcome that with no matter what sort of gets in my way. And as I say, Dean, will, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll mention the, the same thing, mate. Is that, that's, 
that's was the same for you, Dean, wasn't it? Very, very similar. I, I don't, a little bit different to Mark, potentially. I don't know if I necessarily believed that I would get to the Premier League. I always wanted to, and that was my main focus. So very similar that, you know, the Premier League was the place to be. Um, I started low down in Bright, uh, Brighton in, in League Two. So, you know, the Premier League seemed a long, long way away, but it was always my target. It was almost um, impossible, which helped me because it was a real, real challenge and I liked to challenge. So it kept me hungry. It kept me determined. Um, but I don't know, maybe 50-50, I'd say. You know, I don't know if I ever I think, right, I'm definitely going to make it, but I was going to do everything I possibly could to make it. And I think that's probably very, very similar. Like Mark mentioned there, he had a really strong mindset. I had a strong mindset as well in terms of I wasn't allowed anything get in my way to, to, for, it, for it to be able to to work and for, for it to be able to happen. Um, but I don't know if I ever really believed it, um, but you're very, very similar, yeah. And as, as you're, you're um, you say that you probably, this comes on to that, um, Mark, with the early rejections and setbacks that you mentioned, how did you, how did you, you overcome? What was that process like, you know, the, the rejection comes in where someone comes on like, exactly like you, you said there and says, you know, you've you've scored 27 goals in, in 17 games or, or whatever that that incredible stat was there and to go, no, it's still not good enough. How how do you gain the 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 courage, I guess, to keep going? What's the what's what was the the theory behind that, mate, for you? I think it was just passion. Um I was really passionate about what I did. Um and um, looking back, I used to, still to this day, I put perspective on things and, you know, I, I could run around, I could control the controllables, if that makes sense. And as long as I'm controlling my performances and doing everything I can and, you know, being productive with what I do, then, you know, anything's possible. Um, and yeah, like, like Dean touched on, it's um, nothing set in stone. Um I always say hard work beats, beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's what I did. Um, there was better players than me, but I just put the work in and did everything I could to try and achieve my goals. Yeah, there were setbacks, but in everyday life, you get setbacks and you've just got to overcome them obstacles. It's fantastic, mate. It really is. And the who, was there any other influences away from you, um, away from the pitch that assisted you along that? Or was it like... I'm, you know, I'm, I can, I can do this um, on, on my own. Was, was your, your dad instrumental in that? Was there anyone else that was instrumental in, in assisting that, um, that journey? Yeah, I think it was my wife. I mean, we moved away from home at 19 years old. Um, I moved to Shrewsbury. Um, I spent uh, two seasons there. And when I was 21, 22 on my honeymoon, I, told, I was told I wasn't good enough um, by an, a manager that took over at Shrewsbury at the time. And that was another setback. Um, I knew I had a wedding to pay for, but she just kept my spirits up and we both believed. And um, I think the real turning point as well, I signed for Bournemouth and uh, we had our first child and I knew I had to provide for other people, not only myself. So um, I really pushed on from there um when i have my kids because you're providing for other people not just yourself and you want to give them a good life um yeah you want to enjoy what you're doing i think that's the most important thing because if you're passionate about something if you're doing something you love and you're striving and you're pushing towards something then you know you you, you just you just really you get a real buzz every day i mean that routine of football i absolutely love it but um, I'm doing it all for my family at the end of the day and I want to make them proud. So I think that was my biggest influence, uh, my wife, my kids. And um, whenever I had a bad game, you just get home, you forget about it um, and you just enjoy your weekend. Um, they taught me never get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. And um, yeah, I think that was a big, um, big factor in my success. Class, mate. I think, we, I think was it was yourself, Dean, it was saying the other day with the, when the when you have a child in that environment, is there a, is there a change? Did you go through that same? Was there a change within that first child comes on board? Does that change mentality? Was we yeah. was it Luke Shaw we were saying about there was 
yeah, yeah. Luke should have his first kid yeah that was that was right and whether that coincides with the fact that the that, that it progresses you know and, and and change that changes the way that things look um there was that was it similar to yourself in that respect yeah it does it definitely makes you more aware it definitely makes you think more it makes you pause on your decisions and realize that actually like mark said i need to provide i've got other responsibilities now that i've got to provide for not only my wife but my child now and i need to build a life now and every opportunity that you've got becomes a little bit more serious. So you, you want to progress in your career. So if you get an opportunity, you, you take it. But having children completely changes you. I don't care what anyone says. Until you've had a child, it completely changes you as a person, not only for your football, but just as a person as well. And you just act differently. You do. And like Mark said there, you become – I became – I was always a dedicated professional, but I you, you just start – thinking about the game a little bit more, thinking, okay, where can I get another edge? How can I get even better? Because I want to play at a high level. I want to earn more money. I want to provide for my family. So it definitely helps you grow up. And it happens pretty instantly as well. And it happened for me. I don't know what Mark was like as soon as my wife was pregnant. You know, it wasn't until, not when the baby arrived. It was the, it was the, the slap in the face of going, right, my wife's pregnant now. We're going to have a child. I need to grow up a bit here and, and realise what opportunity I've got. So... It's a great thing. It really, really is. So, yeah, it completely changed me. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and and similar for yourself, Mark, that that process. Was there, there was a change in, like you mentioned there, does it, it just heightens it again, heightens that desire and, and, and passion, as you mentioned. The passion increases. Yeah, I think he's hit the nail on the head there. I mean, when, when I signed for Bournemouth the first season, we were taking that six and a half hour journey from up north uh, to Bournemouth and we're thinking well this is a long way a long way away from family and um, literally the day I signed um, we found out my missus fell pregnant uh, she had a job lined up everything she was really looking forward to it and it was a massive shock but um, yeah once I knew she was pregnant that was it that season I scored 13 goals from the wing um, I finished top scorer for Bournemouth and I just pushed on um, and I was relentless in my pursuit. Um, I knew I was in League One at the time um, and I knew I wanted to climb the ladder. I think it was it was important for me and my family because that was my goal. Every morning I'd wake up and I'd, I'd be saying to myself out loud, I'm big on affirmations. Look, I want to play in the Premier League. I believe I'm going to play in the Premier League. I think self-talk's a massive factor. I don't know whether Dean, um, you know, um, did a lot of self-talk and visualisation, but I think it's massive in football and whatever you want to do in life. Mate, it's really interesting you say that, Mark. And I, Mark, I'll give you credit for, 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 for speaking about that, mate, because I know a lot of people wouldn't, um, would, would, would let that out whether they but I did this similar I would I was I was strong on affirmations I was strong on listening to motivational I mean it was CDs at the time you know when I was when we were younger but I was huge on that you know there was there was a person in my life that came into my football career was quite influential on that part but when I was younger I don't know what it was like for you Mark I keep that secret I wouldn't let a lot of people know I was doing it um whether that was out of fear or out of judgment or I was just trying to keep it a secret to give me an edge. Um, but I used to do a lot of that work. And I've got to admit, it helped my game massively, you know. And then and having a child just made you think, I need to do this. This is going to give me the edge. This is going to make me better. This is going to help me to my dream. So, yeah, it's great to almost quite refreshing for, my, for myself that I wasn't the only person doing that sort of thing. And probably lots of footballers doing it, but I don't think many people would admit to it, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. That's probably the, the problem with the football world. Sometimes people are scared to express themselves and, um, you know, they're, they're worried about uh, people judging them, what people might think. But I think it's really important that you be yourself. Um, it, just be yourself. And if people don't like it, then just be comfortable in your own skin. Um, so, yeah, I can agree with you more. I did it from a young age. I wish I'd have done it when I was younger because maybe I could have pushed a lot up the ladder a little bit sooner um i was always mentally really strong but yeah i wish i'd listened to them cds like you um i was always, <laughs> I was always big on self-talk but i never really listened to cds from a young age but since i've started listening to motivational um speakers uh, podcasts audiobooks educating myself on whether it be nutrition fitness everyday life um i just feel so much better we we um 
I, I heard you, you you talk and in the same way, mate. Fantastic on the uh, the club or the fun house as we call it now, the the clubhouse there where you was you mentioned. We may as well go straight there now, mate, because the um, the way you talk of the passion, the desire, you know, the 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 ultimate want, the belief, everything that pushed you through that. You mentioned when you were talking there about the similar. Um, passion that's come out am I correct in saying that in regards to the nutrition side of things now um is that did that happen later on was that always something that went with it um how 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 did that come about because the way you were talking was the, the same thing and I think someone mentioned at the same time um then about that you know was that something you was talking about when you were when you were playing and different things so mate, go go because the, that really really interests um myself in the in the passion side of that as well so Mate, go go straight there. We jump back to the other bits. Yeah, I'm um, I'm really enthusiastic and passionate about everything I do. And uh, my wife and other people say I do talk too much and I, I blabber on about different things. But no, I just I just love what I do. Um, and it was about seven eight years ago now when we got promoted to the championship with Bournemouth. I decided to do a diet and nutrition course, um, and I learned an awful lot. I wanted to sort of gain that extra edge because. From League One to the Championship is a big step in itself. And, um, you know, the athletes are a lot more physical, stronger, quicker. And I just wanted to improve the small percentages. Um, and it learned me an awful lot. Uh, we had our second child around the same time. And it was my way of helping out around the house, doing a little bit of cooking. Um, you know, I was looking more into my fuel for performance, my fuel for recovery. And it it made a massive difference. I mean, I was coming into games um, before I, I did this course. I was getting tired around 60, 65, 70 minutes and I, I didn't have that energy to push on. And I think I was eating foods that I, I shouldn't have been. Um, I always ate really well, but it was just a small margin. I was including like white pastas, white breads, refined sugars into my diet and it makes a massive difference. And since I cut all that out, I've just be become more passionate um, about just learning what fuels my body. And I want to take that passion and try and help as many people as I can to, to be the healthiest version of themselves. And I'd love to go into clubs and, you know, teach the younger and older generation, um, you know, how to get the best out of themselves. Do you know, what, do you know what's brilliant about that, Mark? And, and, and it's actually a life lesson that I, I reflect on that is the fact that you wanted to improve yourself, but you're willing to educate yourself yourself to make better decisions yourself. Whereas if I wanted to improve myself and I was very similar to yourself, I was always thinking, where's the next edge? How can I get better? I would seek other people's advice. So I'd go and trust other people and potentially not educate myself to make a better decision. So I think you doing that, mate, while you were playing to consciously, uh, you know, thinking I've just been promoted to the championship. I want to improve myself. I want to last longer. Okay, I'm going to find out myself. I think that's great. And I think that will probably bode really well for you in, in the rest of your life, really, thinking anything I want to know or anything I want to learn myself or find out about myself, I'll educate myself and teach myself. Where well, I think us footballers can be lazy sometimes. We get so much help that you just kind of trust or believe in what anyone tells you and you go with it and go, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, they said that. They're employed by the club. That must be true. When you haven't got a clue, really. Um, but you to go and educate yourself is great, mate. Really, really good. I really appreciate that, mate. And what did what did you think the biggest turning point in your career was, looking back? That's similar stuff to that, mate, to be honest. I had a real uh, period where I completely changed my diet. I mean, my wife's really into her nutrition. She loves her food. Um, and she started cooking different things. Uh, my nutrition got a lot better. Uh, my recovery... Um, strategy got a lot, a lot better um, and just the, the passion and the dedication working with better coaches helped working on a, a bigger clubs helped when I worked when I went to Southampton everything changed then really because you're at a bigger football club there's more staff there's more education you, you made it more aware of how you can get that edge and I was always interested if someone new came into the football club um, and they were speaking about different ideas. I wanted to find out whether it would work for me. Um, so that was the difference. But the nutrition um, and the fitness, um, I changed my, my fitness regime and started doing stuff in the gym and different things like that. 
Um, that really changed my game. And I think, I don't know what your opinion is, I think it's massively overlooked in, in all football now that, that fitness plays such a, and nutrition plays such a major role. Because if you're fitter and stronger and you're healthier and you can go for longer, like you said, with the food, you're going to be a better player. Because you look at the best players, and I'm, there must be a stat on it, they must score a lot of goals and create a lot of assists later on in the game because everyone else is tired and they're not. And they can still play at that tempo and that intensity. And they just look at a, a, far, a, a superior player because they can just continue at that rate. So, yeah, the nutrition and fitness was massive for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, um, I, I'm big on the stats as well, to be fair. And I always go to the uh, fitness coach after games and say, what was my running stats? Um, and looking look really deep and I think like it's going back to the small percentages again like you say a lot of goals are scored in the last 15-20 minutes and I felt like I was scoring my goals earlier on in earlier on in my career and then I was tiring towards the end of the games and looking back um, I scored a lot of late goals uh, for Bournemouth um, you know when I looked after myself a lot more when I felt like I could go that extra yard and you look at your opponent and you stare at him in the eyes when he's mm-hmm. tired. You you think right, I'm going to go further. I'm going to go stronger, and I'm I, I'm I'm fitter than you. So I think it makes a pays a massive um, makes a massive difference in your performance. It's uh, as as the point you made there, Dean, where you're like going going in there asking the questions, really researching. It's I guess that sort of process we're going through later later in life. The rest of it. You just go through it later when you feel like looking back, you go, that's that's potentially where I should have been. Because uh, it was exactly the same for me in in the golf world. It was I would I would shun away from um, from finding out all of them answers and just just you know one day to the next, you know it'd be okay. I'll be all right for the next the next event, the next game, whatever that that may have been. Um, whereas the last two years now has been a pure like I guess stats finding out mission of me as a person and asking all of them questions um that you're that you're going through there so there's a huge lesson to be fair learned learned there earlier on um and yeah you just i mean i have visualizations of that that clock ticking over with 15 minutes to go going like now i get going now 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 it pays off and it's like that's a, a powerful thing to have in the locker mate for sure just wink at your opponent and just go, here we go then. <laughs> That's right. I, re- I remember um, we played Middlesbrough actually and Fabio was playing right back against me and uh, he was he was, he was was trying to kick me all game, to be honest, and I, I caused him absolute nightmares. And I scored, I think there was about five minutes left and he came up to me giving me a load of grief and I just went like that, 4-0 to him, there's a picture of it. <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it was good banter, and uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't shake me hand after the game. But hey, oh, we won four <laughs> 0 Superb, superb. There was one one bit I was going to draw on, which um, we had the, the the conversation, Dean, when you made that decision to go to Southampton in League One with yourself, Mark. Was that the same decision? Did, did that factor in? There was two bits really of it. You had the travelling issue issue, the travelling that you had of. The six-hour hour drive, obviously, when you took that um, that decision to to move, and was that part of the club's plans at that time that that allowed you to make that decision? As in, you know, we want to we want to be pushing on. We feel we can we can get ourselves to the Premier League. Was that in the 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 thought process in the decision you made? I didn't have a choice. No one else wanted me. <laughs> uh, I tried for six hours. <laughs> like sort of sometimes it's all about timing I mean the season when I was at Hereford I scored 13 goals 13 14 goals from the wing again I had a really productive season um I found out a Bournemouth scout had been watching me for uh, five or six games who I know really well to this day um and that season I scored Bournemouth for flying I scored two in the home fixture and one in the away fixture against Bournemouth um and it took a real liking to me and um yeah, we moved to Bournemouth. Um, I didn't have any other offers, to be honest, at the time. Bournemouth were... Um, the previous two seasons, they were really struggling financially. they just got themselves back up on their feet and they'd been promoted to League One. So I'd never tested myself at League One and I was uh, trying to climb that ladder. Um, I met the gaffer, Eddie Aaron, Jason Tyndall, 
Um, I just absolutely love the philosophy, the way they wanted to play. It suited me down to the ground. Um, really, um, really humble, genuine characters. And um, me and my wife, we went out for dinner with them, got on really well with them. And I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason as well. I've got a faith and, um, you know, I believe everything I do in life is guided by God and like say everything happens for a reason and uh, we took that step and it could have gone one way one way or another um, but like going back to the belief side of things uh, I believed it was going to be a success and I believed I was going to make it work because I had to um, I was 23 years old at the time and it was that make a break time for me in football do you want to you know get to the Premier League or do you want to sort of spend um, the next five, six years in the lower league and not really achieve the goals you've set out to do. So, yeah, that was, um, it was a make or break time for me. And a, and a quick move with that, mate. Was in, there wasn't too much to and fro in drive-wise. The, the move was part um, with the family or you and the, the, the missus and obviously she was pregnant at the time. You, the move was quick within that and part of that transition or was you to and fro in earlier on? No, it was really quick. Um, there wasn't a lot of time to think about it. Um, we tried getting a flat down on Bournemouth Beach as soon as we could because <laughs> it was uh, you know, a lovely part of the world to live. Um, it, you know, it's, um, we've had some amazing memories down here and it, our kids have grown up here. It's been absolutely, it's been a great journey. And who would have thought from League One to the Premier League with Bournemouth on a couple of occasions, maybe I could have moved elsewhere and, and didn't for one reason or another. And um, it was all part of that process and I've just loved every minute of it. Class, mate. Really, really is, mate. Fantastic. And the that sort of brings you on to um, to the now, sort of the the transition out of Bournemouth, Um Again, was that had how, how did that that come about, Mark? Was that a was that a, a a tough period? Was it again mutual? How did how was that um, the period then? Did was that or was that a time when you're thinking it's okay? You know the, the the food side of the nutrition side of things. I'm still passionate about, and then obviously roll that forward to to where it where it brings us to to now, mate. With what what the plans are for you now. Yeah, it was a really difficult conversation to have with uh, Eddie O because we've got a great relationship. We still speak to this day. Um, we're always messaging each other, asking how each, each other are. So uh, we had a conversation, I think it was around November. Um, it was in my fourth season in the Premier League with Bournemouth. And obviously clubs are evolving all the time. They're bringing new players in. Uh, Ryan Fraser was on fire that season. We had Matt Ritchie and I wasn't playing a lot of football so it got to November and I said to him look I said um, I'm coming into my last year of my contract I'm happy to fight for my place but I need to know I'm a, I'm a getting a new contract could it be extended and he just uh, said the board don't want to do it uh, for one reason or another I didn't go into too much detail with him he wanted to keep me but um, the board saw a different direction and that's fair enough so I said to him if I've not played any football um, I need to get out on loan in January um, and play some games and he stuck to his word I didn't play much football I went on loan to Hull um, had a really good loan spell uh, I think scored four goals and uh, got three or four assists in 12 games um, and it was a really enjoyable time Nigel Atkins was great guy great man manager man, man manager you probably see him on Twitter he's, he's one <laughs> of the happiest guys you'll ever meet he's, uh, he's into his gardening and cooking and uh, no just all round lovely guy you don't meet many many managers like that in football um, he just cares about people and he's one of them characters so that was a great time for me um, and yeah it was going back to your question it was difficult to leave Bournemouth uh, really difficult nine years I'd have loved to get ten years for a testimonial um, but it wasn't to be and um, yeah we move on you quickly move on on from there, mate. No, we we we're on there, mate. On on the Twitter with with Nigel most days, mate. Where he's out on the strolling every morning, um, <laughs> motivating the world, isn't he? What's it's, a guy? It's class. It is, mate. It is. It, it was, he's, he's eleven thousand steps a day or something at the moment, isn't he? Raising <laughs> money, um, which is no, it's great. But no, absolutely fan, fantastic, mate. That's and I think the thing that that whether it, it, it shocks me, but it's just, it seems like it's, it's you as a person from, from sort of day one, the fact that no matter what's sort of put in the way, it's like, I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll move on. I'll, I'll, it doesn't seem like anything, anything will phase you. Is that, is that 
Is that the perception? The, the things behind the scenes, the, does that happen? Do you go through that? You, you know what? A lot of people say, and Instagram can be a bit false sometimes where you look at it and someone's life can seem perfect and um, no one's life's perfect. You know what I mean? People need to realise that and people need to... Everyone has ups, everyone has downs and you've just got to ride it. Um, I'm just the happiest, most laid-back, chilled person you'll ever meet. And my missus probably says I'm too laid-back all the time. And I just I just roll with it. Um, I set my mind on something. I, you know, I, the evening before my day, I like to sort of set goals and targets for the following day. And I need to have structure to my life. And I need to have that. Like in football, you have, you know, you go into training, you've got to be there at 10 o'clock. You've got to do gym at 12.30. I need that in my life. And I make sure I, I get exercising. I make sure I eat well. I make sure, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting the right things in my body. I'm having a good time with my family. I just like to balance my life out just for the best because going back to the mental health side of things, I think it's really important, especially for sports people coming out of the game. I think you need to keep yourself busy. You need to focus your attention on other things, um, have other um, you know, passions, have other things in place, you know, to, to sort of progress as an individual. I think you've always got to progress. You can't stand still in life and, uh, you just got to roll with it, and like like you said, there I am. I'm probably too laid back sometimes, and I think everything's going to be all right no matter what. Um, and yeah, um, I'm loving cooking, keeping fit, um, trying to encourage other people to be the healthiest versions of themselves. So yeah, that's my passion. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I believe it's going to be a success, and I just want to help as many people as I can. Mark, did, from, from that, you know, you, you're saying that you're pretty laid back, you're pretty chill with with everything. Is that due to, you think, because of your faith? You mentioned your faith earlier. You, did you believe that no matter what challenges you're faced with, no matter what situation you're put in, that you believe that everything will be okay? So that gives you a, a peace of mind, maybe, that whatever challenge that I'm faced with, this is what I'm meant to be facing at the moment. This is what I'm meant to be dealing with my life because it may lead to me helping others it may lead me to finding a new passion does that give you peace of mind knowing that through yourself that through your faith it's going to be okay I'm meant to be where I am right now I think so yeah I mean everything that's happened um it's you know you've just gotta you've got to believe um I lost out on I should be still at QPR now but for COVID I lost out on a new contract by one minute um and you, you just look back and you think, was that for a reason? And then I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't have been able to do my nutrition, my diet and nutrition diploma. I want to do a PT course. Um, I'm working on a book proposal. I wouldn't have been able to put all these things in place for the next chapter of my life. Um, yeah, I'd love to be still at QPR. Don't get me wrong, playing in the championship. Um, but I'm sure it happened for a reason. And there's no point moaning about it. Yeah, I should have been on a, a good deal. I should be getting paid x amount now you've just gotta you know get on with it stop moaning stop feeling sorry for yourself um and that's what i've done i mean yeah i'm, I'm fortunate i've i've had a great career and yeah financially I'm, I'm i'm all good um but it's not all about the money it's about happiness it's about you know that fulfillment you want to feel fulfilled and um keep driving towards something because you can earn as much money as you want, but once you, you know, you, you get into that standstill mode, then there's no point. You've just got to, you know, keep keep riding with it and um, find another passion. Do you, do you, how far forward do you look um, now, Mark? Like you, and as you, you went, you're going through that process, how far forward do you look now? Like you mentioned with the nutrition side of stuff, is it, is it the one year at a time? Is it a, a day at a time? Are you looking like, that's where I want to be in five years. I want you mentioned like in the, the football clubs and different things there. Do you look a long way forward with that as you did with the Premier League sort of the goal early on? You know what? Because this is new to me. I'm just really enjoying the process of like getting positive feedback from people. And I get a real buzz when someone messages me on Instagram saying, oh, you've, you've helped me improve this. You've helped me improve that or that strategy you give me has really helped improve my endurance and my performance and my recovery. Um, and I haven't looked too far ahead, to be honest. I'm just trying to educate myself as much as I can, 
because I want to be giving people the correct information and I want to trial and test things. I mean, I've made mistakes along the way, which is good because I've learned from them. And I'd always say to someone, look, I'd, I'd advise you to give this a go. I'd never look at someone and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, because I've had nutritionists come into you know, football clubs have been at and they talk to you and they sort of tell you what you should be doing. Whereas I think every individual is different. Every individual requires different fuel and you know, different uh, protein for recovery and there's intolerances you need to take into consideration. So it's about finding what works for best for that individual. And I'm just enjoying that process at the minute, just trying to find out what works for different individuals. And um, I like testing it on myself as well, because if I feel crap the next day, I know what's gone wrong and uh, I can sort of implement a better, you know, structure, a strategy uh, to try and, you know, improve that recovery um, from after a tough session. And um, yeah, I've tried so many different combinations of food, drink, that kind of thing to help fuel performance. And uh, yeah, I just hope I can educate a lot more people along the way. Mark, do you think, sorry, Louis, do you, do you no, think you, you mentioned there yourself that financially, financial situation, you, you've, you've done, you're okay, you're, um, you've looked after your money, you're, you've got financial support. Do you think that's helped you in making the decision, being able to follow your next passion? So you're not thinking, I've just got to find another club. I need to get paid. I need to continue paying because I've got to play to a certain age because I've got a financial plan. Do you think that's allowed you to, through your financial plan to go, okay, well, I want to, I want to go into nutrition. I want to go into fitness. I want to do a diploma. I've got the opportunity to do it. Do you think that's really helped you without having that, that pressure of having to support your family, your children, you're okay from that point of view? Because we spoke to a lot of people and that seems like a lot of ex-players and a lot have said, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that, but I just can't because I've got a family. I've got responsibilities. Do you think that's really helped you? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it helps because it's really important you you're financially secure because you're always worrying about if if you've not looked after your money you're always going to be worrying about you know I've got to pay this I've got to pay that I've got kids and uh, yeah it's made a massive difference I think it's really important to look after your money to invest it wisely um, it's really scary actually I've had um, I've had quite a few conversations over the last three or four weeks actually with with different players who at that transition period of their their life and. I've asked them, oh, what do you want to do after football? And they have no idea. And I said, oh, how long are you going to play for? And they're saying to me, oh, just until my body gives in, really. And I think it's really sad that they're scared to sort of come out of the game just because they're worried about what the next stage is. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a real difficult one because every player, every individual is at, at different stages. They've got different finances and... Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, I'm just so blessed and I'm, I'm so fortunate that I've had a good career. I've looked after my money and I haven't spent it on needless things. I mean, I always um, say like, yeah, it's nice to, to treat yourself, but the materialistic things in life, it, it's not what makes you happy. It's, you know, the afterlife. I mean, you've football, it's, whilst you're in it, it's, you get paid really well, um, but money doesn't last forever. You, your happiness does though. Brilliant. So it is, mate. It is. We, we, as as you say there, Dean. There's so we've had several conversations where, yeah, it just it almost happens overnight with with no no plan, no idea as to to what the sort of following day is gonna gonna consist of. Um, and and I think that's the the important message, as you say there, to try and have the the commitment a little bit earlier on to be able to. To, to to try and to at least try and look and try and find that um i guess the only the thing we've come across a couple of times is that if if you and i'm sure you have as well mark where they where they're mentioning if i take my eye off the ball knowing that i'm you know up against younger lads that are fitter than me etc is that going to affect um performance earlier um, but then I guess that comes down to, like you're saying, having the, the confidence in and perhaps the earlier know-how to have structured the finances, invested wisely, et cetera, to have that in place where you've got a little bit more confidence and freedom to make them, them, them choices. Would you, would, you, would you agree? Does that make sense, mate? Sorry, I would. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, you're not really taught in, in school. You don't get taught how to look after your money, and I think it's a really important lesson to learn. Um, I think it's from a younger age now, especially in this modern day. If you're in the Premier League, you get given a lot of money from a young age, and I was quite fortunate that I didn't earn much money up until the age of 23, 24. Um, you know, I was just paying my bills. I was, um, you know, saving up to take the missus out for a, well, a Chinese back then <laughs> until I actually looked after my body a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd learn, I learned a tough way. I came up through the leagues. I got kicked to death by defenders. Um, I didn't earn a lot of money um, and I was working hard for it as well. And uh, I think, um, yeah, when, you, when you're young, you really do need to look after your money because it doesn't last forever and there's a long life after football. Um, there really is. Um, so, I mean, maybe the PFA should do a lot more with it. Um, I don't know what, what your view, Dean, is on it, but we used to sort of have meetings um, once a year. They used to come in and tell us about the next car deal or, you know, mm. the you know, that kind of thing. But nothing was really structured. They never really had individual chats with 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 people to, to explain how important it is to look after your money while you are in the game. No, I totally agree. It's, it's something that I'm pretty passionate about. And the guys know that, um, you know, it, players need to take some responsibility themselves as well. Um, but... They need some help as well because you're so dedicated to your craft, to your game, and trying to give everything you can to to become the best player you can. That at the time you don't believe you have time for anything else, or you don't want distractions. So having someone that you can trust that can advise you is so important. Otherwise, you you end up, and I've been down this route, Percy. You end up trusting in the wrong people because you become a little bit insecure a little bit desperate to go well I need to trust someone I need I need to speak to someone who do I go to and it, it's really hard so if the PFA could could help more if they even with recommendations really solid trustworthy people that you get recommendations or the football clubs that they have a um, a priority to help the players now the players need to go to the club and say look I'm looking to do this have you got anyone that could really help me with this and I think that would that would be a, ma a major um, step forward um, because most players, I mean, I don't know your background, Mark, but I was from a, a normal family, a hardworking family. My mum and dad didn't educate on me on money, paid the bills, paid the mortgage, put food on the table, lived to their paycheck. Nothing wrong with that. Like looked after the family, had a happy childhood, but never earned the money that you could in football. So they're never going to teach me what to do and I can never go to them. So, and a lot of footballers are like that. So it's very, very foreign and very strange when you've got all this money to go, well, what do I do with it? Do I spend it? Do I save it? Do I invest it? What do I invest it in? Um, and I think that's really important. And especially like Mark mentioned, if you can do it from an early age and put a plan in place like you do with your career, like you do after your career, like Mark is doing with nutrition, it can really help. And you can do it in a steady process, at a slow process, and it can really work for you and build up. It's when you get to the later years and potentially you've got a large amount of money in your bank and you go, well, I need to do something with this. Otherwise, it's not going to last. You make poor decisions, you panic, and it can become tough then. Um, so, yeah, I think the PFA, the football clubs, former players like us, advising other players, not on, not on um, yeah. products, not what to do, just advising, like, this is what you could do, go and speak to these type of peers could really help. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's, it's getting more evident. And I mean, people, you see the amount of players that go bankrupt, they've earned ridiculous amounts of money. Um, they've spent a lot of money on, you know, all these materialistic things. And uh, the problem is the more money you earn, um, a lot of players feel like they need to, you know, live up to... Uh, spending it um, whereas there's so much you could invest it in you see people who make unbelievable careers through having you know one five thousand pound in the bank just by investing it wisely and uh, building a business and there's so many players out there to be fair that have you know you look at the likes of Tyrone Mings and uh, Marcus Rashford yeah they're earning good money but they've got other you know things they're passionate about as well and they're just enjoy helping people so I think 
uh, role models like that, everyone needs to take a look at them and just, you know, realise it is important to get another string to your bow. Superb, Mark. My ab- absolutely superb. So we, um, what, what is, my, is majority of the nutrition stuff through the Instagram? Is that where everything's pushed through at the moment, Mark? Or is there, what's the, what's the plan for you that, mate? Where, where can we find out more about the, uh, the, 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 nu- the nutrition journey currently? Yeah, to be fair, most of it's on Instagram. And like I say, it's just something I really enjoy at the minute. Um, I would like to, you know, long term, I would like to go into the nutrition fitness side of things to to help younger athletes, not just athletes, just older, you know, gym goers, anyone who's just interested in health and fitness, just to be the best version of themselves. And just, you know, it's it's really, it's a massive part of my life now. It, it has been for, for a number of years and, uh, I'm just enjoying the process. I mean, I've got um, I've got a little um, Cookly Buckley account where you can see a couple of my recipes, which um, you know is uh, is quite interesting on there. They're all most of them are healthy anyway. Try to be until, <laughs> until the missus gets in the kitchen. <laughs> but um, at the minute, I wanna I wanna further educate myself. Like I said, I'm I'm interested in. Uh, I've done my. I finished my nutrition uh, diet and nutrition diploma. I'm just awaiting the results, but to be honest, I think I've smashed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I want to do my um, PT course. That's on the to-do list. I want to sign up for that next week. And um, I'm co- I'm sort of coming towards the end of the book proposal. What I've got together, but um, yeah, just um, I've got a little bit more to do on that. But really enjoyed it. Actually, it's taught me a lesson because. In football, you turn up to training, you work hard, you go home, you rest, recover, whereas there's a lot more to life. And um, during my time in football, I wish I'd have educated myself a little bit more from a younger age. That's one of my, um, not regrets, but I look back and thought, well, I could have maybe sort of made a little bit more of of, of my time because you get a lot of time. You finish training really early, you're home for half one, two o'clock, and then, you know, you you, you can use your time really productively, really wisely. So, yeah, um, I wish I'd have done that from a young age. Mark, with, with like just an interesting question for myself. So with the, with the football, so is that you saying you're finished now? You're, you're not going to go back into the game? Is it is it something you're you're considering? You're, you're waiting for an offer? If it is, how do you feel about that? Because I know when I finished the game, I had a bit of a guilt and I left with, I left, with guilt that you know, I could I could have continued playing physically. Physically, I could probably still play now. I mean, I'm as fit as I've ever been. So, but I've finished. Fit the weekend, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but I but I I finished more for the fact that I was I was mentally drained. I was I needed a break from the game, and um, but physically I was fine. So I mean, it looks like you're in great shape. It, it looks like you're you you're mentally in a, a brilliant place. Um, are you finished with the football? Is it something you're waiting on or where are you at, mate? You know what? I'm taking a little bit of time. I, I've, I've had a couple of offers um, and there's a lot of travelling involved. Um, and at the moment, family can't travel. Um, you can only do three miles or whatever it is. Um, and I'd be spending a lot of time away from home. Um, so, yeah, I've sort of rejected them. Um, and I'm just taking a bit of time to sort of just reflect on things and um, sort of get a few few strings to my bow. Who knows what's going to happen in the summer? Um, I'd never say never to anything. Like like you just said there, I feel better than I did when I was 22. Um, and yeah, I had a short stint at Shrewsbury. Um, there was a change of manager um, again. <laughs> so that didn't get extended, the contract. Um due to formations and you know what it's like in football yeah. um but no I'm, I'm just i'm just taking my time to sort of like you say it's it is mentally really draining in football and the traveling the overnight stays um all the away games especially if you're not playing every week as well it does really take its toll on you so yeah i'm gonna take this time i'm gonna use it wisely um i'm gonna try and educate myself the best i can for other passions outside of football uh, I'm going to keep myself in amazing shape as, you know, do everything I can if an opportunity did come up that I fancied um, in the summer and it's a club that's, you know, got ambition then, you know, 
never say never. Um, but at the end of the day, it's got to suit yourself. It's got to suit your family. And I'm in that position where sort of I've got that option. Um, and I don't want to just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take this club because most of the clubs are four, four and a half hours away from where we are in Bournemouth at the minute anyway. So it's, um, yeah, it's important that it ticks all the boxes for me. And, and settled in Bournemouth, Mark, that's, that's, that's where, I mean, it's a great place, of the, part of the world anyway, but that's, that's you currently as, as the family, yeah? No, we're, um, well, we've, um, we're having an house built up north at the moment. Um, it was our long-term plan. We've had a plot of land for two years now um, and they've just started building on it. Um, our kids miss their cousins. Uh, we, my wife, she's, there's a lot of sacrifice as well in football. She's sacrificed mm. her family life um, and, you know, supported me in everything I've done. So I think it's time I give some something back as well now. Um, and yeah, we're going to move up north, um, be closer to the family and then, you know, see what happens from there. Um, you know, whatever the future will bring, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Superb, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Mate, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Was there anything you wanted to, to add on, Liam or Dean? Following from what Lurie said, mate, do you know what? It's really, really refreshing to see... Um, a f- I was going to call you a former footballer then, but you, you're not sure yet. <laughs> but it's really it's really refreshing to see a, a footballer that's that's had a really, really brilliant career that you can be proud of. Um, Seem to be in a really, really good position, physically and mentally, and you've got direction. You know, we speak to a lot of players that they miss that, that purpose, that direction, um, that focus, that structure you mentioned about that we all have for, for many, many years coming out of school and then straight into football. It's, it's really, really fre- refreshing to see, mate, that you're in such a, a good position to make good decisions. Whatever that decision is, you know, you might go back and play another five years in football, but it's great to see that you're in a position to to be able to make that from, from your heart and not from a financial point of view or because of a, a guilt point of view, I need to keep playing because that's what I should do. That's what I've been trained to do. Um, I think it's great, mate, and credit to you, really is. No, I really appreciate that, mate. And uh, like I say, if I was doing it for the money, I could have taken the offers I've been given, but I don't want the sacrifice at the moment and I just want to, you know, just like you say, the mental health side of things is massive. Mark, thanks ever so much, mate. Um, wish you all the best. Really appreciate it. Good luck, mate. No, cheers, mate. Pleasure. Thank you for Thank you for your time, Mark. Appreciate it, mate. Hi, all. It's Liam here from the Life Outside of Sport podcast. Just jumping on to thank today's guest, Mark Pugh. Thanks to my co-hosts, Dean Hammond and Lewis Harrington. And a special thanks to you for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If there are any topics or subjects that we've discussed today or any previous episode of the podcast and you'd like to reach out to us, please visit lifeoutsideofsport.co.uk where you'll find all of our contact details and our social media links. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.